Hello and welcome to BibleTruthProject.com's first inaugural podcast. My name is Matt Weaver. I'm your host today. And I'm going to be giving a, just a brief introduction and then we're going to get into a little bit of a lesson uh, on something that I've seen and I want to bless you with it. So first of all, again, my name is Matt Weaver. I am 28 years of age. Uh, I've had a tremendous passion to study the things of the Bible. And that is why I've uh, chosen the name Bible Truth Project because it is going to be a life mission of mine to uncover Bible truth. And what does that exactly mean? Well, it means that I believe that there is truths in the Bible that are being completely uh, undermined and uh, disposed of by the archaeological community, the academic community, and even churches. And I really want to dig down and find the truths that are hidden in plain sight from the Bible, history, archaeology, and and everything to do with that. My interest in biblical archaeology began uh, when I was young. Um, my dad is a preacher, but he was always a tent-make preacher. That means he, he was never paid by, by the church, but always had businesses. But I saw... Uh, he, he definitely had interest in the stuff as well. And I saw in him somebody that I could trust uh, in his understanding of the Bible because he was a completely sold out man. And he traveled the country preaching revival. Uh, and I saw the power of God firsthand change people's lives. And so the gospel was, was made reality to me and I saw it work. I saw the change that it had on people's hearts. And this reality really is what opened up my heart to also understanding the truth, the deeper truths that are hidden. You know, the things that we're saying, and I believe in Zechariah, it says um, at the end, the the believers are going to, or the, the people of God are going to say, we've inherited lies. And they are going to return to Jerusalem and they want to learn truth. And I didn't, what all that means we're going to get into as time goes on through these podcasts. But I really want to tell you from the bottom of my heart that I hope that you, this is something that you find encouraging and a blessing. And if, uh, if at all it is, please let me know. That way I know I have some support out there uh, from people who, who feel that this is something they, that I should continue. Anyway, today I'm going to be speaking briefly out of Matthew 13, and this is the parable of the sower. And I'm just going to read through the chapter, and then I'm going to uh, talk a bit about the different things as we're going through, um, and we'll go from there. So verse 1, and I'm reading from the New uh, King James translation. I do actually prefer King James, uh, but I know it's probably easier reading on the New King James um, why the preference? Some people will ask. I just like the language. I like the English translation, but I look at it as it is still a translation of Greek and it doesn't matter what translation in English, it's still not original. So, so I look at which ones read easiest, but I try to stay the truest to the context of the original. So verse one, on the same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the sea and great multitudes were gathered together to him. So that he got into the boat and sat, and the whole multitude stood on the shore. So where is this coming from? This is coming from Capernaum in Israel. If you want to know more about Capernaum, you can go on the interactive map, click on Capernaum, you'll see more about that site. Then he spoke many things to them in parables, saying, 
Behold, a sower went out to sow, and he sowed. Some seeds fell by the wayside, and the birds came and devoured them. Some fell on stony places, where they did not have much earth, and they immediately sprang up, because they had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, and they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away, and some fell among thorns. And the thorns sprang up and choked them, and others fell on good ground, and yielded a crop, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. This is something that I noticed in the Bible over and over that Jesus said to his followers, to people that were listening, is that he that has ears to hear, let him hear. What does this mean? My observation has been in working with people. Now, I am not a uh, pastor or a preacher, but I have been, you know, I have been around church my whole life and I've seen people. And there are people who hear and there's people who just listen. And the difference between people who hear, there are people who, who their spiritual ears are open and they're listening and God reveals the truth to them in their heart and their understanding is opened. Those are the ones who need to hear. Now, why does this say? Why, why, why does he say this clause? Because afterward, in verse 10, the disciples came and said to him, why do you speak to them in parables? It's a question. Why do you use parables? Now, the truth of the matter is we want to say, the direct thing, now, there's other uh, Jewish rabbis who also spoke in, in parables in the same time frame. So is it is this something unusual, or why, why are they asking this question? It's obvious because they didn't quite understand why what the purpose was uh, behind it. So he answered and said to them, Because it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. Now, there's a huge important clause in the Bible that says mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. What is this? These are, if you look at the context of the day, these are the Jewish people. Okay. They have kept the oracles of God, what the Bible refers to. And that is the, what we call the old Testament. They call their Bible and they have kept this up till now. And this is, uh, something that they live and breathe by. Uh, the disciples, some of them, obviously they were not of the schooled, schooled types because they were actually holding jobs. But if, if, if like, let's say for instance, Paul or Saul of Tarsus, you know, he was an intellectual and he was with uh, Gamaliel and Gamaliel was a, was probably one of the highest uh, teachers or, or rabbis in that time. And he studied under him. And to get into his school, you had to be exceptional. And most likely, in the, his scenario, Paul would have actually memorized the entire Torah to be able to get into his school. So that gives you a little bit of the, of, of the literacy. These people are people of the book. They're people who have read it. And this came by nature, uh, especially after the Babylonian diaspora. So these people have given their lives to studying uh, the Torah, which is the first five books of Moses, and also the Tanah, the entire collection of books. Now, we're going to continue here. For whosoever, this is again, let me just reiterate, verse 11. He answered and said to them, because it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. But to them it is not given. Now, who's that mean? To them. It's the people, other people who were listening. Now, he just said, he that has ears to hear, let him hear. Now, what does this mean? 
For whoever has, to him more will be given, and to and he will have abundance. But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. Therefore I speak to them in parables, because seeing they do not see, and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. And in them the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled, which says, Hearing you will hear, and shall not understand, and seeing you will see, and not perceive. For the hearts of this people have grown dull, the ears are hard of hearing, their eyes have they have closed, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, and lest they should understand with their hearts and turn, so that I should heal them. Now what is he talking about here? Isn't that the purpose of Jesus? Wasn't he trying to? What, what is the reason for this? What is, I don't understand. As believers, you know, we want to look at the gospel in its simplest form and we can say that everyone hears. But my experience has been that God has a plan for the Jewish people. And had they not rejected him, okay, the scripture would not have been fulfilled. If they would have received him at that time, he wouldn't have been crucified and he wouldn't have taken our sin to the grave. So some of this obviously fits into that storyline. But on the other side, is they were so full of their tradition, they were so full of their understanding of the Bible, that they were blinded. They were blinded because they could not see the truth that was there in plain sight of the kingdom. And this is the same thing Moses warned them about before Moses passed. He said, there's a prophet coming, and he's going to be like me, but you're not going to listen to him. And this is, again, in the fulfillment of Jesus being the Messiah. So here's the truth. I want to ask you, is do you see and do you understand these mysteries of the kingdom of heaven? Let's continue. Verse 16, but blessed are your eyes for they see and your ears for they hear. For assuredly, I say to you that many prophets and righteous men desired to see what you see and did not see it and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. Therefore, Hear the parable of the sower. So now Jesus is going to explain what he just said to the disciples uh, that he had just previously given as a parable. Therefore, hear the parable of the sower. When anyone fears the word of the kingdom or hears the word of the kingdom. Okay, now here's a phrase I want you to understand. Word of the kingdom. What is this? We keep hearing this kingdom, kingdom, kingdom. And it's something that my eyes were open to when I was in Israel the kingdom nature, even of the people there, they're living in a land that they are claiming as theirs. There's a kingdom mentality, even in the people, but it's physical. Spiritually, there's a spiritual kingdom. And in this kingdom is where believers, ultimately, this is where we become a part of. Now, there's different uh, different avenues, and I'll get into that in later segments. But I want you to understand, we're talking kingdom here. Okay, This is kingdom talk. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, okay, then the wicked one comes, snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is he who received the seed by the wayside. So this is someone who heard the truth about the kingdom and doesn't understand it. And then the, then the wicked one comes, snatches away what was there. But he who received the seed on stony places, this is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Ah, yes, this is right. Yet, he has no root in himself, 
and endures only for a little bit. And then when the tribulation and persecution arises, because of the word, immediately he stumbles. So this is somebody who instantly says, yes, amen, amen, I agree with that. And then when there's a little bit of pressure, perhaps against him on this issue or something like that, he lets it go. All right, that's stony ground. Now, he who received the seed among the thorns is he who hears the word. Again, hears the word. And the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke out the word and it becomes unfruitful. Now, what does this mean? This is somebody who received this truth, the seed of everlasting life. It says receive seed. So it's this truth of the kingdom among the thorns and he hears it. But cares and the deceitfulness of riches, the pursuit of money and it he becomes unfruitful so the seed that is in him stays dormant it does not bear fruit but he who received the seed on the ground is he who hears the word and understands it who indeed bears fruit and produces this is good ground when your life when you receive the word of god you understand it and it bears fruit. Those are the conditions that God has asked you as a believer to check yourself with, to see what kind of ground you have. If you look at the word of God, what happens to you when you receive it? What happens to you when when he says, when he speaks to your heart? Does it get choked out with the cares and the pursuit of riches, your job and the things that you're pursuing? Does it fall in the thorns, get choked out? It just never seems to bear any fruit. What does the word of God do in your heart? Or does it come alive and it bears fruit, hundredfold, 60 and 30? Which tells you there's some people that have greater fruit. Some people bear greater fruit than others. But the importance is that you bear fruit. Now we're going to keep going. Verse 24, another parable he, he put forth to them, this is the parable of the wheat and the tares, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field, but while men slept. This is talking again, the kingdom of heaven. This is talking the kingdom. But while men slept, his enemy came, sowed tares among the wheat, and went his way. But when the grain had sprouted and produced crop, then the tares also appeared. So the servants of the owner came and said, Sir, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have tares? And he said to them, An enemy has done this. The servant said to him, Do you want us then to go and gather up? But he said, No, lest while you gather up the tares, you also uproot the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. And at the time of the harvest, I will say to the reapers, First, gather the tares. Bind them in bundles to burn them, but gather the wheat into my barn. So here's another parable. Okay, and we get this picture of wheat and tares. Now wheat is something, obviously, that's the bread of life. But tares is an imitation of the bread of life that is going to imitate truth. It's going to act like it's wheat. But it's not wheat. It does not give you strength. And it was sown by the enemy. And that has to be separated from the wheat. There has to be a separation. I believe he's speaking 
in my opinion, personally, and also to the end of the age. Because we'll see that what he says in his, uh, as, he un, as he explains what this parable is. And now he goes on to the next. And this is the parable of the mustard seed. Another parable he put forth to them, saying the kingdom of heaven, again, this is all in regards to how the kingdom operates and works. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and sowed in his field, which indeed is the least of all the seeds. But when it is grown, it is greater than the herbs and becomes a tree so that the birds of the air come and nest in the branches. Now we all know mustard seed. And we all say, like, but that's the kingdom. What does this mean? It means you put the seed in the ground and it grows. It's something that grows. The kingdom brings growth. The kingdom grows up in strength. Now we have the parable of leaven. Another parable, the kingdom of heaven is like leaven, which a woman took and hid in three measures of meal till it was all leavened. That means she added flour into it. Okay. What does this mean? It's like leaven. It means that no matter what you do, once the bread is leavened, no matter how much you take away, there's still leaven in that bread. And it grows. It will keep growing. As much as you punch it down, punch it back in, it will come back out. The kingdom cannot be stopped. Now, prophecy and parables. This is verse 34. All these things Jesus spoke to the multitude in parables, and without a parable, he did not speak to them. So he only spoke to the masses in these parables because he was afraid. Remember what he said in the beginning to his disciples? He was afraid that they would see and understand. Now, we as believers look at this and would probably have some more understanding, but we need to be very earnest that the Lord reveals this to us in truth. Now, all these parables... Jesus spoke to the multitude, and without a parable he did not speak to them, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, saying, I will open my mouth in parables, and I will utter things kept secret from the foundation of the world. Now there is a clause that I think is amazing. I will utter things kept secret from the foundation of the world. These are kingdom secrets that are hidden for the people of God, for us to understand it's the truth of the kingdom that God was trying to reveal, trying to bring Israel to a place where they could understand these truths. And now we're here. And now he's going to explain the, the parable of the tares, just with his disciples. Verse 36, Jesus sent the multitude away and went into the home. And his disciples came to him saying, explain to us the parable of the tares of the field. So even the disciples didn't quite understand. And he answered and said unto them, He who sows the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world. The good seeds are the sons of the kingdom. But the tares are the sons of the wicked one. So here we are. We've got sons of the kingdom, sons of the wicked one, planted together. The enemy sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age. And the reapers are the angels. So therefore, as the tares are gathered and burned in the fire, so will be the end of this age. The Son of Man will send out his angels, and they will gather out of his kingdom all things that offend, and those who practice lawlessness, 
So what is he going to do? He's going to gather out of the kingdom. So here we have people planted in the kingdom. Can I say this way? That are tares. These are people, okay? According to this, it says all things that offend. These are people who offend or get offended. It says all things that offend. And those who practice lawlessness, people who have no restraint, and will cast them into the furnace of fire. And there will be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Remember this, the righteous will shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father. Now again, he's explaining the next one, the hidden treasure. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man, which a man found and hid for the joy over it, as he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field, he's so excited at the truth of the kingdom that he goes and sells everything he has so that he can buy that field to learn more, to, to inherit, to purchase and grab a hold of the kingdom. Now a parable of the pearl of great price. And again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls, who when he found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. So again, to pursue the kingdom, to get a hold of it, it's like when you, you see this pearl, it's, it's unbelievable. And you sell everything you have to buy this pearl. That's exactly the experience of the kingdom. All right, another parable. And again, the kingdom of heaven is like a dragnet that was cast into the sea and gathered some of every kind, which when it was full, they drew to the shore and they sat down and gathered the good, good into vessels, but threw the bad away. So will it be at the end of the age. The angels will come forth and they're going to separate the wicked from among the just and cast them into the furnace of fire and there will be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Now Jesus said to them, have you understood all these things? And they said unto him, yes, Lord. So they did understand. Then he said unto them, therefore, every scribe instructed concerning the kingdom of heaven is like a householder who brings out of his treasure, things old and new. Now let's read that again. And I learned this from uh, Derek Prince, who said, every time the Bible says, therefore, you want to see why it's therefore. So then he said to them, after they said, yes, we understood. Therefore, every scribe instructed concerning the kingdom of heaven. Okay. What does that mean? Every scribe. So this is somebody who is who is trying to understand every scribe instructed, okay? A person who understands the things concerning the kingdom of heaven is like a householder, okay? This is a man who has wealth, who brings out of his treasure things new and old. So when you understand this thing, you're going to bring out treasure. There's new treasures and there's old treasures. These are truths. Okay, there's, there's truths you can find everywhere. Therefore, every scribe instructed concerning the kingdom of heaven is like a householder who brings out his treasure things, new and old. This is all treasure. And these are little, if I can say little blips of truth that bless. 
Now we're getting down to the end, and Jesus is rejected. So now it came to pass, when Jesus had finished these parables, he departed from there. And when he had come into his own country, now he grew up in Nazareth, so this is when he went up there, he taught them in their synagogue. So they were astonished and said, Where did this man get his wisdom and these mighty works? Is this not the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary and his brothers James, Joseph, Simon, Judas, and his sisters, are they not all with us? Where then did this man get all these things? All right, so the question is, he says these words, and then he goes to Nazareth, and then he taught them. Now, in other books, he actually says what he taught them. But the accusation was, is this not the carpenter's son? Now, I want to ask you the question, is there somebody that has grown up in your life, in your life uh, around you, that all of a sudden has got a hold of the truth of the kingdom? And he comes back and he has this wisdom and he understands this truth. Have you been tempted to say, well, isn't he a carpenter's son? Isn't he one who lived among us? I mean, are his brothers and sisters not here? What happened? They were offended at him. And then Jesus said this one word, a prophet is not without honor, except in his own country and in his own house. Now, he did not do many mighty works there because of their unbelief. And I think that's a sobering uh, close to Matthew 13. Jesus went back to his home place to teach them and to talk to them. And they did not receive it because they knew him too well. They thought they knew him. Well, isn't he Joseph's son? Isn't he just the carpenter? Isn't, I mean, we know his brothers and sisters. What, what, is, what is he trying to say? And Jesus said, in his own words, a prophet is not without honor except in his own country. A prophet is not accepted in his own country, in his own house. It's just the way it is. And he could not do many mighty works because of unbelief. And I want you to realize this is the son of God could not do mighty works in the presence of those he grew up with because they did not believe the truth that they had that they were shown that's it for today's segment and i uh, again would like to hear some feedback if this is something you want me to continue to do or not and uh, i hope you're blessed thank you <music>